knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Use promo code PNF20 to save 20% off your jig order. podcast i'm brian jay yeah buddy tonight we're <laughs> gonna talk to a gentleman from down south who chases a fish i drool about in my sleep i'm looking forward to this tonight how about you my friend oh yeah definitely this is uh you know i've been following him for a while i think it's uh, he's got something unique to offer for sure I, so. I mean, unique in many ways. I mean, he's on YouTube. I I looked at some of his videos today, and I was just like, yeah, no thanks. Like the <laughs> cotton mouth striking a camera. I'm like, dude, I wouldn't get within 20 feet of that thing. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Um, we got none other than Jeff Jones on the horn, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, talking to him, what he's been up to and uh things like that so jeff welcome to the show my friend yeah hey guys thanks for uh thanks for having me on man been uh been kind of checking out your podcast since you started uh, a while back so excited about being on yeah much appreciated man much appreciated well we'll start out with uh i call it the age-old question on uh <laughs> how you got into kayak fishing and fishing in general man Oh man, so oh, this goes way back. Um, actually, my dad is a is or he was a pastor. So, um, and if you know anything about pastors, they don't make a lot of money. So we had to hunt and fish to get groceries, and that's kind of how I got into fishing. And uh, kayak fishing, I don't know, I just you know it was just a love of fishing. And then I was I actually started building rods uh, because 
because it's just, you know, the next thing I wanted to do. And I built a rod for a guy, and he was, like, specifically wanting a few different things, like a shorter handle, and, you know, it needed to be six foot six. He had all these specific things, and when we got to talking, he was like, you know, I'm using it for a kayak. And it just kind of, you know, picked my interest. And then I went out and rented one, and, you know, went bass fishing in a in a kayak, and I was like, man, I really like this. And like that same week, I went and bought one from Academy. So, and it's just, it just started from there. And yeah, I, just, I love it. It's just, you know, so natural. I've actually got a boat in my backyard that's full of leaves. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the leaves are falling, man. It's that time of the year, buddy. But, uh, yeah, that boat hasn't been moved. The tires are flat. Like, it's, oh, I'm, the motor hasn't been cranked in, I don't know, a couple of years at least. <laughs> I've got a boat just wasting away in my backyard and my kayaks are getting plenty of use. So, you got a brother? I actually have two brothers, two well, older brothers. I'm the, I'm the baby. I'm going to give you an insight, man, because I had a boat sitting in my garage, not getting used. And I was like, hey, little bro, I got a boat. You want it? So now it sits in his garage. So just a little yeah. tip of advice there. <laughs> yeah, one, one thing left to mow around, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's funny. Like, so, I mean, I kind of went through that, too. And I think Brian has, like, we've all been on boats. I owned a boat, you know, for, uh, for I don't know, about, like, three or four years. And once I got the kayak, you know, itch, I was like, all right. Like then the boat started sitting. I'm like, there's yeah. not even a point of having the boat. You know, right. The kayak. Yeah, if it wasn't so like my, it was my dad's boat, so it's kind of like you know a little sentimental. So I'm sure. just, I just want to keep it. So, but well, I got you. I can understand that for sure. <laughs> my boat was just something I found in a farm field that some farmer wanted to get out of his barn. So, I mean, I didn't have that much attachment <laughs> to it. So. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of memories in the boat that I got, you know, growing up as a kid. Me and my dad fishing in it a lot. So right it's just one of them things, you know. I don't use it, but it's there. So very cool, man. Very cool. <laughs> so you're you're down on the uh the Gulf Coast, right? In uh Mississippi, correct? Or is it Louisiana? I'm well, sorry. I I actually live in Alabama, but I'm like I don't know, like a stone's throw from the Mississippi state line. So Okay, okay. Uh, being, I was kind of born and raised in Alabama. Then we moved to Mississippi, you know, where all my, you know, basically all my family is from. And so I grew up fishing in Mississippi, like coastal Mississippi, Pascagoula, Moss Point, uh, those areas. And I, even though I live in Alabama, I fish more in Mississippi than anything. It's just the, the area I know, and I know the bayous really well there. So, Gotcha. Well, that's, yep. that's unique in itself, fishing the bayous, right? Like, you always hear different different things about that. I mean, what's that like? I, I've, I've never <laughs> been to Mississippi myself, so I'm, I'm interested, man. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So there's a there's a miserable time of year, and there's a more miserable time of year to fish the bayou. <laughs> <laughs> so right now, we actually just crossed into the more miserable time of the year when all the sand naps come out. And it's just awful. Like, man, you have to like suit up from head to toe and like this in gear just to cover everything. And like bug spray don't work. So you can forget that. And like they just bite and bite and bite. But if the fishing's good, it's 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 worth it. So if you say so. 
<laughs> Jeez. <laughs> like that's uh, it's like combat fishing, man. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad, man. I've actually got a video um, on my YouTube in Hopedale, Louisiana is where it's at. And the gnats are so bad there. It reminded me so much of being home. Like you can see them in the camera. And I think I even put a comment on, on the video about the gnats being so bad. It's just like a cloud in front of you. Like oh. every breath is, you know, like gnats and, and you know, everybody idolizes Louisiana and like the coast and marsh fishing, but they never talk about the gnats and the gnats are bad. So, but well, it's worth it. The fishing is great. So. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I know we had a, an episode, a couple episodes ago, we were talking to Chris Funk and he was talking about fishing the swamps. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. he was talking, there's a certain time of year, you know, because that's another thing, dude. I'm a big wuss. You know, I mentioned the cottonmouth earlier, but gators, I don't do gators. And, you know, he was talking about a certain time of year, and we, we had asked him, well, is that when the, the gators are, like, mating and active and, you know, real aggressive? And he's like, no, that time of year is when the, it was some kind of fly. I want to say it was a yellowtail fly or something like that. I could be wrong on the name of it, but he's like, they get so bad. He's like, you just want to stay away from the swamp about that time. <laughs> so, that's kind yeah. of funny. Yeah, I think ours is just mosquitoes. Like, you know, and that's, and I, I, have, I don't think it's been like super bad, but it has been, it has been in, you know, the past few years or a few years back. But lately, it hasn't been as bad. But I know Wisconsin and Michigan is hating it. Yeah, I mean, if it's not mosquitoes, it's the mayflies, right? I mean, those things can get pretty, yeah. pretty gnarly at times, for sure. Those things are messy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So, so Jeff, um, so what are you fishing out of these? I know you're a big kayak guy, but there's something I'm interested to hear about. And I think you know what yeah. it is. Tell me a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um, I guess, uh, you know, I fish all out of Vibe Kayaks. And uh, I started, man, we started getting information on this new product that's coming out. And it's going to be this hybrid kayak that's like part stand-up paddleboard and part kayak. And, like, man, I just started thinking about it. And the details were coming out, you know, because I'm, I'm on the pro team for Vibe. And they're giving us all these details about this new boat that's coming out and i'm like man i've got to have it it's just perfect for marsh fishing so i got it it's a vibe maverick and it's a stand-up paddleboard so it's completely different you know fishing on a kayak and it's just it's great for for lugging in big fish and the sight and the sight cast uh and that's the two biggest things that i love about it plus it's really fast and stable so really it's really fast i wouldn't i wouldn't expect that yeah, it's uh, it's crazy because it's really really fast. But when the wind blows, like it's drafting in so shallow of water that it mm-hmm. can just like the wind can push you all over the place. So on windy days, it's really frustrating. But it's part of you know being fast on top of the water, not trading. You know, it's not. There's hardly any water that's that's drafting. It's like a two inch draft or something. So getting into the skinny water is really easy on it. Uh, and that's that's really important around the marsh, like when you're you know chasing tailing redfish and and drum and and getting back in skinny water for big trout too. So, so you take that in the in the uh, bayous as well. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know for a while I drove a, a flatbed Ford uh, to work, and I would have that kayak on there or the you know the paddleboard. 
I'd have it on there and it's just, it's so simple because you just have a paddle, the board, and then I like to carry like one rod with it. And you just, it's kind of a throw and go kind of thing, you know, a quick trip and you're there in the marsh in less than five minutes and, and fishing. So, uh, and it's, you know, uh, it's foam injected. So it's a little, a little heavier than say like a, you know, a boat board or, you know, one of the other brands, but it's just easy to handle. It's, you know, relatively lightweight for what it is and, and easy to handle, easy to get on and off. So real, real fast access, if you know what I'm saying, like from unloading to getting on the water. Yeah, it's like that. It, it It's another option for like a throw-and-go kayak for sure. I mean, and that's the thing too, man. You're seeing more of them. I know we were just talking with uh, David Fucht from uh, NRS, Dave, if I mispronounce your last name, I apologize, but uh, he was talking this year, he, he fished strictly off a, a, an inflatable paddleboard, mm-hmm. but he was fishing yeah. bass tournaments off of it, and he was like, man, it was just super easy, you know? You didn't have that hassle yeah. of loading and unloading the kayak, um, you know, just because all the fishing kayaks nowadays are just so heavy, but... Um, you know, he was saying the same thing, like stability was great, things like that. I mean, and I know just working part-time at a paddle shop here, man, we get a lot of people that come in looking for those stand-up paddle boards, and, and everybody's really digging into them. But I think you're seeing them more, you know, it started out as like a wreck thing, you know, but now you're seeing right. it cross over into the actual fishing world, which is pretty cool, man. It's different. And I could see the aspects like you're talking about, sight fishing, probably paddling through, you know, some tight backwaters and stuff. I, I can see that being a lot nicer than, you know, sitting low in a kayak when you're trying to chase chase redfish and drum like you're talking about, man. Yeah, it's it's really cool to be able to just it's it's so easy to stand up and I use a Larry chair and I'm sure you know, a lot of listeners are gonna be familiar with that. Um I use that, it's made by like I don't know, Diablo Calyx, use them a lot. Okay. They use that, and it's really high up. So it's almost like a chair, like you're standing on like a lawn chair, sitting on a lawn chair. And, you know, when you're in the water and it's, you know, right there, you need to stand up, you just hop up. It's a lot easier to stand than just, say, sitting down in a normal kayak seat. You know, usually standing to fish and then uh, sitting down to paddle around. Is, is kind of how I you know, use that board. Interesting. Yeah, you, uh, so have you gotten in any sticky situations with any uh, gators with that thing? You know, uh, the only time I've had any animal try to crawl on that, it was a, uh, a banded water snake. And I didn't know it was a banded water snake at the time, but I had my GoPros running. And I just see this snake come out of, like, the corner of my eye, like, on the right. And it comes out of the rocks and starts, like, coming up on my board. And I get my paddle, and I'm, like, hitting it. And then it goes back and then tries to get back on. And I'm, like, oh, geez. So, I, like, my feet are straight up in the air. And I'm just, like, you know, trying to hit it with the paddle and get it off my board. But, yeah. So that's the only only issue I've ever had with it. And, uh, and that was just, you know, the harm of snake, but I didn't know it at the time. I was, I was thinking it was a, you know, a cotton mouth, of course, but it wound up not being so. <laughs> You're like, better be safe than sorry. Yeah. That's about <laughs> yeah. the time I jump <laughs> yeah. off and scream like a little girl and swim towards the shore and then get eaten by the gator. 
So, man, it's crazy you talk about gators. Like, one of the values I fish quite a bit, um, a guy down here, you know, Mississippi offers the gator season, and he drew tags and killed a, like, a 10-and-a-half-foot gator out of his kayak. Oh, so, he's got it all on video. And like, man, it's really cool. <laughs> How did he get yeah. back? <laughs> like, I mean, like, what if he had a pedal drive, right, and you got a 10-and-a-half-footer? Like, what do you do? Like, you know, yeah, well, actually, yeah, he did have a pedal drive. So, yeah, he puts it in between him and a buddy's kayak, and they, like, kind of tow it back. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. So, but, yeah, I've seen that gator quite a bit before he killed it. Everybody knew it was there. Oh, my God. And he was the one that just drew the tag and got lucky and got it. So. No. Dude. No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I, like, confession to make, that's on my bucket list, man. I want to bow hunt a croc. Or, sorry, an alligator. Yeah. I totally yeah. want a bow hunt one, man. Oh, That'd that would be, be so killer. That, yeah. Uh, and down in Florida, man, that's uh, that's pretty cool. I watch the videos every now and then of people doing it. Seems to be really neat. So. I think it's I, kind of pricey. I could shoot it. <laughs> I could shoot it, but I, I don't know about going up next to it. Like, I'll have somebody else drag it up and make sure yeah. it's dead. You know what I mean? Like, are you sure it's dead? <laughs> yeah. You Put your hand towards his mouth. Just, you drag yeah. it up the hill. I'm going to stay right here. <laughs> it's like, you know how you can test it out? Touch his teeth. Yeah. Yeah, touch his teeth. <laughs> it's like, if it touches on your hand, it's, it's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> So here's a question, like going back to the stand-up paddleboard, man, like what's it like hooking into a redfish? I mean, that thing's got to drag you around, right? Oh, yeah. You you feel it initially on the hook set. Like when you set the hook on, you know, especially, it's you know, one of a decent size, you know, get a, a 20-inch plus fish. When you set the hook, the paddleboard kind of goes towards the fish. So yeah. it's almost acting like another drag. So you have the drag on the reel, and then you have the, you know, the really maneuverable, you know, stand-up paddleboard that you're fighting a fish on. And it's, uh, it actually wears the fish out a lot quicker really? that way. Oh, yeah. I guess yeah. that makes sense. More resistance. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, huh. and you can really feel it. Like, as soon as you set the hook, like, you just better have your balance because you might go over it <laughs> if you're not, you know, paying attention. All right, let's be honest. How many times have you been like, I'm going to let this fish pull me around for a little bit just because I feel like moving down river a little bit or something <laughs> down the bayou? Oh, hey, man, I do YouTube, so you got to make it dramatic. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> 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 yeah, you got to use the spinning reels with the loose drag so that it's screaming and it's like it's making good TV, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Dudes are like, yeah. are those ice fishing rods? Like, what is he doing? Guys, guys on YouTube are going to be listening to this. Like, man, he's giving away all our secrets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's because you oh, get that man. wide angle shot, and then you got like a, you know, a, a you know, uh, what's it called? Like a light rod. I mean, it's going to look huge in the wide angle. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. you get that bend, and you're like, oh my god, do you see this? Oh my, you know. And then you, when you show the fish, you got to be a little bit farther away from your your uh, your kayak. You know, just so, like, look at the size of this thing. I mean, look at it beside the boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, actually, dude, I get that a lot. My profile picture on Facebook is me holding this flounder. And everybody thinks it's like a massive flounder because it looks it. Because it but, is, Jeff. <laughs> dude, okay, I got to confess, that flounder's 20 inches. 
It looks it's a, a lot relatively average flounder. You know, up north here, that's a giant. <laughs> yeah, because we don't have yeah, any. Yeah, <laughs> <of course>. Exactly. <laughs> the only flounder we can catch is like from a waiter or a waitress. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Anybody? Yeah, all right. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd eat flounder from like up there. Man, that's got that travels a long way from the Gulf. Hey man, don't be hating. It's not like we could just like go to some goofy saltwater shoreline or get into some bayou with some bugs and go catch some, you know, catch some big giant fish. You know, I mean like twenty inch <laughs> giant fish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's a good segue, right? You mentioned YouTube. Let let's hop into that, man. So uh your YouTube channel is uh it's pretty cool, man. Brackish Coast Outdoors. It says uh, Tuesdays yeah. and Thursdays. Are you still sticking to that schedule? No, I actually need to change that channel banner. Oh, man, things got busy in my work life. And, I, you know, doing two videos a week, I just couldn't put the quality in that I was satisfied with. Sure. So I'm backing that down to one video a week, and I'm actually going to be revamping it uh, in January. I'm fixing to do – or I'm working on a uh, – like a – kind of a year uh year summary video and then a few clips from some videos i'm going to put out in january right on. so i right uh, actually got some some pretty cool uh trips that haven't made it to youtube i went shoal bass fishing uh on the chattahoochee nice and uh see there's a couple more trips but i can't remember what they were uh so suwannee bass i caught some suwannee bass over in florida um some more snook footage uh uh, definitely some tarpon. I've got some tarpon that I um, that I caught in Mississippi. That I'm going to be adding next year too. So, right on. So that's going to be that's going to be good. So. Yeah, I mean, you you got a variety of stuff on here, you guys. If if you guys are listening, definitely go check out and sub to his channel, man. But he's got you know like reviews. He's got fishing trips. You know, just all kinds of good stuff in here. I know I was. Uh, you know, kind of poking through, uh, just trying to, you know, kind of get a little background on you before tonight. And I mean, it, it's pretty cool, man. I, I dig it. I dig what you're doing for sure. I mean, uh, both freshwater and saltwater fishing videos on there. So that's, that's cool. So it's something for everybody, man. I dig it. Right. Yeah. And that's why we kind of, you know, I had a couple guys that was helping me with it and that's why we settled on Brackish Coast. You know, because we're doing freshwater stuff, saltwater stuff, and uh, we live right on the coast, so it just made sense. Sure. Uh, the name it Brackish Coast. So. So what made you decide yeah. to start up on YouTube, man? Just, just you were out fishing, figured film and post it up, anyways, or. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I I ran into I don't know I think I was at like Kmart or something where it was still you know a store, uh, and they they had a camera on sale. And I was like, man, that's pretty cool. That's kind of like an underwater camera. So I was thinking at the time, and it was basically just a, a GoPro knockoff. And I bought it, and then I made like a PVC mount, and then I put it in my, you know, like $200 kayak. And I uh, made a video, and it's actually, I left that video on YouTube, like, because I, I go back quite a bit and watch it just to see <laughs> where I came from. Like, you know, I got a $20 camera and a $200 kayak, and now I've got, you know, couple grand worth of equipment that's going with me every time i fish so yeah 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 it's, I, it was just kind of a, a thing i really liked to, you know to do to, to film it and to, you know kind of review everything 
I've learned a lot about patterning fish by watching my videos again. Yeah. And I know that seems odd, but things no. you don't think about in the moment, but then when you see it on a video, like you kind of third person perspective and you see that and you can pattern down on fish for the next trip. So that was really cool. Totally agree with that, man. Cause I mean, I'll, I'll go back and watch some of my old stuff and, um, you know, it kind of gives me a hint or two at something I might've missed when I was actually on the water or kind of put together why the fish were, were where they were, you know, um, it's cool. But not right. only that, man, you can go back and be like, Hey man, this is 10 years ago and I was smacking fish in this same hole, you know, you pull it up, show somebody. I mean, it's cool to be able to go back and look at all your old trips too. I mean, you're doing all kinds of stuff, man. I mean, snook, bass, playing with cottonmouth snakes, you know, uh, <laughs> doing reviews from iCast, uh, walk through of boats. I mean, it, I mean, it's pretty, pretty, a pretty good variety, I guess, would be the the right way to say it, um, uh, of content, man. That that definitely appeals to all audiences so that's definitely cool man yeah and there's there's one music video on there too like i don't know why it's like we had this idea a friend of mine matt he, he writes um a parody to old town road you know it came out over the summer or whatever and so he writes a parody about whopper ploppers like his man me and him bought whopper ploppers and bought whopper ploppers because we heard all these people catching fish on them and stunk, <coughs> like so bad <laughs> So, like, we started basically this Whopper Popper hate club, and, and he writes a song about it, and then we, you know, we recorded a music video <laughs> for it, because it was just, you know, we just trying to have fun, and then the Whopper Popper is actually what I used to absolutely crush Shoal Bass, so I'm kind of like, oh man, it, it sucks down here, and then I go up to Chattahoochee, mm -hmm. and it's like, fire, so. <laughs> I was just going to point kinda, that out, strange, I, was, I was just going to point that out, like, up here, man, that's it's pretty much a lot of people's go-to and they do really, really well up North here. Yeah. I watch, um, one of my favorite YouTube channels, man, the dude just absolutely crushes smallmouth bass is Andy, uh, Yacker. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he uses a whopper plopper a lot, man. And he just crushes the smallmouth. And that's another species I'm coming out, um, videos coming out next year too. Uh, smallmouth. I forgot about that. So, yeah. Where are you uh, catching smallies at? Um, in Ohio, actually. Um, really? I saw. I said, yeah. Another another part of my life, man. I, I'm a musician, and I was touring with a with a bluegrass group, and we were up in Ohio playing. And there's like a river beside us, and you know, I always carry fishing rods on the bus when we're touring. And there's a river there, and I go out, and, you know, there's smallies in it. We start catching smallies, and I had my camera gear, so I recorded all that, and. Uh, Caught some pretty nice smallies. Caught one that was 20 inches in uh, in the Miami River. Yeah, yeah, we were just it's, out there. Yeah, it's summer. funny. Yeah, the guys out there are like, "This place sucks," you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, and you're like, "This is great. This is great. I like it was the best time," you know. But but if I could just back up for for a second, dude, I didn't know you were in a like a bluegrass band. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's the name of the yeah. band, dude? Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's the Meharis is the name of it. It's a, like a Christian bluegrass group. And, and we toured all over the Southeast and a lot up North and all over the place. What? What do you, what do you play? 
I play bass. Nice. Upright? Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can play upright, but we do more of a, uh, like an electric bluegrass. I play a, an electric bass in that band. So. Well, that's cool. I used to be in a bluegrass band too, man. I played the upright. Now I play the acoustic standing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you spell that band name? Uh, M-A-H-A-R-R-E-Y-S. Okay, so my hair is. Man, I got to okay. think about that, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's cool. I didn't even know that about you, and I've known you for a while. Man. Yeah, man, and what's crazy is I'm not really that big of a fan of bluegrass. Come you should. on. <laughs> Dude, you know that's punk rock country, right? Yeah, man, my, I grew up with, man, my grandfather was a musician. He played fiddle, and, like, he just pounded us with bluegrass all the time. And I was like, man, I don't know. So yeah. I grew up listening to more rock and country and stuff. So. Oh, but man. It, it's done really well for me over the years, man. So I guess you just got to go where the, where the money is. So. Wow, that's unique, man. That's cool, dude. So you, so you guys are driving around with fishing poles. Yeah. You, yeah. you got it. Like you guys do like little contests between each other. You just doing it for fun, you know? Well, I'm, you know, me and the and the drummers basically the only ones that really even care about fishing. And uh, so, and he's, you know, he don't know a whole lot. So I'm teaching him, you know, when I can. Uh, I don't I don't tour as much anymore uh, since I had three kids. So, uh, so I was going a lot. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. A lot of my oldest daughter's lives, so I, you know, came off the road quite a bit but i do still make some you know some other some trips with them so. you can make a family band <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah my son's got drums my daughter's playing guitar and so. see you're already thinking you're I already there man you're yeah, already, there. It's already there yep <laughs> yep totally <laughs> he's gonna be like the joneses is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I started. I thought about a, uh, a YouTube channel, you know, and, and keeping up with the Joneses. And then I looked that up, and there's like a million YouTube channels named that. Yeah. So, like, well, forget that. <laughs> no, it's cool, man. <clears throat> so you're, you know, I was talking to you um, offline about it. You're a big tarpon guy too, and it's real unique to your location and how you do it. Can you go into some detail on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so back in, oh man, it's been maybe a thirties and forties, nineteen thirties and forties. Like Mississippi was really big um, with tarpon, but I mean, I'm sure it's all over the country. But like our our ancestors basically just kind of didn't care about the resource, and they kind of over harvested. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pollution from some of the plants that are down here just kind of made the water not what it needed to be, and the tarpon moved out. Um, and now that things are getting back to normal, and the water clarity is getting back, and the oysters are coming back. That's a whole other story about the oysters. But now that they're coming back, uh, the water's cleaning up, and it's bringing those tarpon back. And they're actually in targetable numbers now uh, where they weren't. It was just kind of a fluke if you caught one in, in years past. And this year, actually, in, in 2019, Mississippi, you know, recognized that tarpon was a species that people are going to run into, and they actually put regulations on them for the first time ever. Uh, so that's really cool to see that species coming back in a, in a big way. Are you catching tarpon on that stand-up paddleboard? Yeah, actually, I have, yeah. 
and it's it's really neat man because uh, you know i don't want to get into locations or whatnot because man people find out they're there and they just just you know overfish sure. it basically sure sure, um, sure but yeah so they they do a lot of um they hang out a lot in some of the brackish areas and like the freshwater creeks and stuff and that's where i found the most of them and the the paddleboard man it just offers a way to get into those creeks and a lot of the creeks that i fish for them have a lot of laydowns like you know trees over the creek and it's really narrow and whatnot so the paddleboard gives me a way to like run up on a log stand on a log you know pull it over and then get on the other side mm-hmm. you know a lot of porting and portability i guess and uh it just forces me to be uh to do that but yeah man it's it's a great easy platform uh you know that gives me the ability to target tarpon easier so that's crazy man what are you throwing what are you throwing for tarpon oh man this took me a while to figure out so i'm throwing the zoom tiny flukes i'm i'm rigging them up on a donkey rig and one with a 32nd ounce jig head and the other one with a bear hook so a really light, really finesse presentation. And I'm doing it on 10-pound line uh, with 15-pound fluorocarbon. Just 10-pound line? Yep, 10-pound line. Uh, it's, man, anything more, and they just turn their nose up because they can see it. What's the biggest tarpon you've caught? Uh, the biggest one I've caught is actually 30 inches. Uh, that's, that's hooked and landed. Uh, now, I've jumped one that was closer to five foot. Whoa. But that's kind of mm-hmm. kind of a fluke in the area I'm fishing. It's more of a juvenile uh, tarpon nursery. Okay. Uh, okay. So the smaller ones are there in okay. pretty big numbers. So interesting. Yeah. Well, you Still, know, I mean, thirty inches. I mean, out of a tarpon, yeah. dude. What's what's that weight? You think, like weight wise? Maybe six, seven pounds, eight pounds at the most. Uh, it's kind of one of those things, like, I've, I wanted to weigh them, but at the same time, like, I want to get it back in the water. Yeah, as yeah, as yeah. I'm, I'm tagging them as well. Uh, oh, okay. So that's already taking them, you know, 30 to 60 seconds to do that. So. Sure, sure, sure. So are, that, you, are you working with, the, like, the Department of Natural Resources on that? Well, there's a um, the Gulf Coast Research Lab, uh, which is down in Mississippi. Um, they have a tarpon program. And they're working with a few of the captains and guides that are, you know, routinely targeting tarpon uh, to tag them. And they're doing acoustic tags on some of the, you know, the bigger ones. And they've actually been researching tarpon for 10 plus years. And uh, Jim Franks is actually the director of that program, man. He's a, he knows all about them and knows everything. And, you know, man, the dude is so knowledgeable. I've spent hours talking with him about, you know, where these fish are coming from and why they're moving back and, and that sort of thing. So interesting. Interesting. But, but yeah, Gulf Coast Research Lab to uh you know, to answer your question, that's who I'm working with to to tackle. So no, no that's okay. cool, man. Well, yeah, that's nuts, man. So basically you're fighting you're throwing flukes for a big giant minnow and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've always wanted to get, I mean, obviously, you know, we've all seen like the Babe Winkleman, you know, videos and, you know, him picking up one is him and, you know, all the other videos that are out there. And 
now we get to do it from kayaks. I mean, that's definitely a bucket list fish for many, many people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it, <clears throat> it, you were saying it's a pretty small percentage of, uh, fishermen that are going after them. Uh, is the number growing or is it just kind of you guys, I mean, you're obviously very hush hush with your GPS coordinates, you know, Oh uh, yeah. The, you know, the go ahead and email them. Actually. Yeah. The few guys that are actually targeting them are, are really tight knit and pretty, uh, secretive and you know there's posts there's you know local fishing pages and they show up every now and then and it's pretty uncommon you know i don't post on there just because they don't really want the interest in you know trying to find out where um but you know occasionally people will run into them while trout fishing and that's initially how i even found them was trout fishing okay uh so interesting yeah, that's really cool, man. It's a, how how is the weather down there? I mean, does it like you know? So when you're out there fishing, I mean, obviously it's you know we're entering into winter up here. Um, you know, are, are they there certain times of the year? Um, or are they you know is it all year round? You know, is, is I don't know the the tides. You know, you know what I mean. Is there any detail yeah, into yeah. that? Sure. Um, so they are here pretty much year round, um, and our water temperatures are in the fifties right now. And anything less than, I'm pretty sure the degree is like 48, pretty much kills them. Uh, so they're finding warm water that's, you know, above 50. And let's see, yeah. So they're here all year round, but man, they're really, really active in October and September. That's the two biggest months I've found them in the last three years. Yeah, that's kind of crazy, man. I've always thought they were a migratory fish. I mean, you always hear about the the uh, migration, you know, around uh, the Florida Gulf Coast, you know, from the Keys mm-hmm. all the way up to the Panhandle. So that's crazy that they're staying there year round. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of unique and different. Well, yeah, well, see, they are migratory, but see, they don't migrate until they get to a certain size. So- Okay. So the ones we're having year round are the juveniles that are, you know, last year I was catching them that were 12 and 15 inches long. Mm-hmm. This year it's the same fish and they're up to 30 inches. So they're staying there at least until they're that big. <clears throat> you know, hopefully we'll see next year what those, you know, 30 inch fish are doing. So, man, that sounds like fun. Heck yeah. Yeah. It's, oh man, they, they are so crazy. As soon as they hooked, man, they're in the air. It's, it's wild yeah i bet yeah they're hard to keep on the hook too right i mean just oh, in yeah, general yeah. yeah oh definitely i've i've probably hooked and jumped you know it's a, a term a lot of tarpon fishermen use when they hook one and one jumps in there probably close to a 150 to 200 times and Jeez. caught less than 20 so i'll take yeah, that the percentage day, is dude. really low I'll take that any day. That's that's got to be fun. Man. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate tail dance and fish. I mean, what's the next closest thing? A sailfish or something? I have no idea. Probably like a marlin or something. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to go deep for those. Everything's like pretty much offshore. Yeah. Right. You yeah. ever do? You ever do that? Did you ever do any offshore? You know, I don't. I'm man. I I get kind of stuck on inshore just because I love it so much. And it's so, uh, you know, accessible. I just, I want to, but I just haven't. So, 
Well, I imagine your flats are pretty abundant out there too. Oh yeah, man. They're, it's crazy. Um, the summertime is really big for flounder. Um, or that's what I target a lot. And then man, when it turns fall, it's, it's speckled trout and, and redfish time. And it's just a cycle, man. You just can't, can't get over it, man. The head shake on a trout is just remarkable, especially a bigger one. And then, you know, finding redfish tailing in the marsh. I don't know, man. It's, there's no way to describe it other than you just got to do it. It's like church. It'll change your life. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've yeah. you know, uh, we got Dustin Nichols doing a saltwater segment on here now. and You know, he was talking about that the other day. Uh, I forget who he was talking to exactly, you know, but he's down there off the Texas coast and uh, he's like, man, trout, especially, I think he was saying like this time of year, you know, last month or something, they just get super aggressive. And uh, he's, you know, was talking about the fight in general and how it was just awesome. Yeah, man, redfish, when you hook them in skinny water, they just run everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's complete chaos, and you got to have your ducks on a row, or you're going to lose some gear, or drop something overboard because it's just you know they go nuts because there's no water for them to go to. They don't go deep when mm-hmm. they're up in those mud flats. They just run, you know, as fast as they can, as far as they can. And it's I can't you know describe it any other way than it's just pure chaos. You know, when you get one on line, and it's even better when you're seeing it before you uh, you hook it. Yeah, I can't. I've I can't really speak to it, man. I've only caught one, and it was from land in uh, in Texas, down by Houston, off the uh, off the Gulf in the flats. Um, yeah, right, right next to the Columbia River, actually. But man, I was just throwing a little crank on a medium light, and three casts in right along the rocks. This thing nails it, and and like here I am, you know, I'm like I'm just fishing with fresh water gear, and I'm like I don't even know what just bit that. I was like, but it's big, you know. <laughs> And, and, the, yeah. and then and then I bring it up and I'm like, Jesus, it's like a 30 inch fish. And I'm like, uh, I, yeah, it looks like it's got no teeth. I'm like trying to assess the situation, <laughs> you know. I'm like, I don't want this thing getting away. And th- and then I'm like, I gotta identify this. This looks like a redfish. Okay, it's a redfish. You know, I'm like, all right, you know. But I mean, it was a fight, man. I mean, I was like worried about the line snapping. You know, I was using 12 pound test, you know. And I'm yeah. like, okay, this isn't a bass. I can't horse it in. You know, it's like, let's relax. Let's get this thing going. <clears throat> you know, but that was cool. Yeah, I still have yet to do one from a kayak, man. It would, I'm really looking forward to that. And then I think that's going to happen in the next couple of years, hopefully. Yeah, man, get down here and I can for sure put you on them. So, yeah, I actually took a friend the other day and we limited out before daylight. We, we launched 30 minutes before daylight and, man, we got on a spot that was, it was just covered in reds. We caught, our limit is three, and we had six before we could even, you know, I'm thinking maybe seven casts. So. What's the biggest one you've ever uh, caught out there? Oh, man. Uh, redfish. You know, I, there's a lot of bulls, but I don't I don't really target the bulls. I'm more inshore and probably in the 30s, maybe 35, 36 inches. It's very uh, respectable. <laughs> not much. I mean, I guess it technically is a bull, but, you know, I don't really – target the the 40 and 50 inch fish that a lot of people do now black drum are inshore and they get huge and i've caught some of those up to like 60 60 pounds or so it's you know it's isn't it funny though like how 
drumfish are sport fish down there and then up here. Yeah, we're like, oh, like get these damn things off yeah. the line. Yeah. And they're fighters, <laughs> yeah. man. They fight, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean um, redfish, man, they fight so so aggressive, but man, a black drum is like ruling in a brick. Yeah. A moving brick, but you know, they're really slow fighters. That's I mean, that's kinda how a freshwater drum is too, man. They just dig. They dig. It's like reeling in a tire or a dinner yep. plate, yeah. you know. But uh, right. mean, that that initial hit is just like a hard whap, and then and then it's just like it'll dig, 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 and you're like, you know, like well, just uh, just last month when I was up in La Crosse, Wisconsin for the KBF Trail event, man, I hooked into one and I needed some fish on the board, and it was just like, oh yeah, got Moby Dick on the line. <laughs> like a largemouth, and then all of a sudden it was just like reeling in like a brick, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's a drum. Come on, hurry up, get off my hook! Like, I got to get back to fishing for bass." You know, but I mean, they're fun, man. Especially like you get up, you get up. I mean, I did catch a nice like twenty three, twenty four on on the Mississippi, but you get up to Green Bay, Wisconsin, man, and those things are huge huge 26 28 30 inches i mean all day long yeah that's a big one yeah <laughs> i think the biggest freshwater drum i caught was like 14 inches oh yeah yeah <laughs> come on up north man yeah. we'll put you on some big ones <laughs> yeah, yeah just, just take just take my rides on the freaking boat that's all i catch <laughs> I, I think i catch like i think it's like a four to five, like four to one ratio yeah. for walleye like it'll be four drum one wall walleye. <laughs> um, <man. laughs> it's at a point where you start getting made fun of <laughs> jay's nickname is rubber lips when we're out walleye yeah. fishing <laughs> wow. i mean when you got skills I mean, I, mean, I don't know if you want to carry the name, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to take advantage <laughs> of that. I mean, if you're ca- that's the thing, yeah. though, man. It's fun. You're catching multiples. You know, um, yeah. it's not like you're just sitting around waiting for that one walleye bite. You know, it's it's nice filler time is the way I look at it when you're out fishing like that. But um, well, and that walleye is like a lazy bite. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and- yeah. Compared to the drum, you know, the drum's like, wow, you know, all of a sudden the, the, you know, the rod's boom, boom, yeah. boom. And you're like, oh my God, you know, you're hoping it's like just a monster walleye and you're like, nah. Yeah. And it's, it's bad when you know, like the fight too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Once yeah. you figure out that fight, it's like, oh man, I was like, this is not a walleye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Cool. No. Yeah. That's cool, Jeff. You know. Yeah, we want to thank you for coming on, man. Uh, you know, we really appreciate it. You know, uh, like I said, you know, you're you're doing really, you know, you're doing like great things in your area, and um, you know, your perspective is very unique, uh, and it is neat. Like, I mean, like, I'm I'm a fan yeah. of the SUPs. I mean, I've always wanted to get into that. Uh, you know, just haven't had the option to do it as much or open the door enough to do it. But listening to you makes me want to get into that a little more. So I thank you for that and. You know, uh, you know, just keep on, you know, doing what you're doing, man. Yeah, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Hey, you want to shout out your uh, social medias, your YouTube channel, all that stuff where guys can find you and see what you're doing and follow along, man? Well, man, I'm actually pretty simple. So I got a 
just the YouTube is Brackish Coast. And uh, I've also got a Facebook page, Brackish Coast. And just my personal Facebook page is Jeff Jones. And I'm in an orange shirt holding a what looks like a 10-pound flounder. <laughs> so Because it is. And that's, and that's it. Just those two. <laughs> <laughs> very so, cool. little camera camera tricks there <laughs> very cool so uh i'm gonna throw this one at you to just kind of close this out here man so uh if you had any advice to somebody that was going to come down to your area and and go out kayak fishing or just fisher fishing in general uh uh what would you say to him oh well let's see I guess never get stuck on on one particular species, man. Because depending on the conditions, man, there's there's species down here that can absolutely make your day. Um, I had a guy down Juan Carlos or Senior Bass Fishing on YouTube. I'm, I'm sure some of you guys probably know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He came down and fished with me, and we were looking for specifically for like redfish and sheephead, and the trout, Spanish mackerel and white trout, absolutely just made the day. Mm-hmm. Um, the redfish bite was kind of kind of bad the the conditions were awful for that but then we we you know changed the game plan and went with fish that were you know wanting to play and made a great day of it so i guess that man just don't get stuck on trying to catch one species because we have i don't know like 10 game fish species that are all there and if something's if one species isn't biting there's another one that will so regardless of the conditions, there's something that's going to be eaten and you just got to figure out what it is and, and find it. So I guess just, uh, you know, play it by the conditions and, and catch what wants to be caught that day. So Very cool, man. Very cool. Well, thanks again for taking the time out tonight, my friend. Uh, definitely appreciate it. And, uh, you know, you guys go, go over and subscribe and follow his YouTube channel, Facebook page, all that good stuff, man. I think you guys will be uh, kind of blown away by all the different things that uh, Jeff's doing for sure. So, thanks. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank yeah, you guys buddy. for having me on. Yeah, you got it, my man. You got it. With that being said, guys, until next time, tight lines and smooth paddling. Do you love our podcast and want to help support us even more? Well, now you can. You can simply go to patreon.com forward slash paddle, the letter N, fin. Or you can also go to anchor.fm forward slash paddle, the letter N, fin. This is Bucky Buckstabber, founder and executive director of the Fly Fishing Collaborative. At the Fly Fishing Collaborative, also known as FFC, we mobilize the fly fishing community, outdoor enthusiasts, and people of goodwill everywhere to create sustainable solutions to poverty and human trafficking. We have many different initiatives to accomplish this goal, but our primary focus is building organic and environmentally friendly aquaponics farms for communities suffering from trafficking because of a lack of resource. If you're interested in funneling your passion for the outdoors to benefit those that need help the most, then visit flyfishingcollaborative.org. Josiah Pleasant, Executive Director of Agathos Village here to specifically invite you to positively impact the vulnerable in Juneau, Alaska in partnership with FFC. Bucky and I have been blessed to be a part of Transformational Impact Abroad and are stoked to bring our lessons learned home to serve the marginalized. If it breaks your heart to know that the vulnerable are literally left out in the cold, don't have community, a home, or healthy food, join us to make a tangible impact by donating or making plans to volunteer with us. You can donate at www.flyfishingcollaborative.org and write Alaska in the notes to help us help others.
Go check out the website, guys, paddle, the letter N and fin.com. Also, check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at paddle and fin. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the Paddle and Fin logo right on your catchboard. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the Recycled Plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water. 